Welcome to Res Talk, your source for the latest news, opinions, and training from top building performance, rating, and auditing experts. Here's your host, committed building science enthusiast and registered professional engineer, Bill Spohn. Welcome back to another episode of the Res Talk podcast. It's our goal here to communicate late breaking news and insights into all the topics in the rapidly expanding world of residential energy ratings to all the stakeholders in the ResNet ecosystem. So if you're a housing consumer, rater, builder, realtor, or appraiser, you want to hear about the evolving trends in home energy ratings, and you can hear them right here on ResTalk. By some estimates, women make up only about 10% of those employed in the construction industry. Now, what would it take to design and build a home solely by women? Would there be enough interest, enough women available in one area? We're joined today by Natalie Miles, who is project manager and designer for Wardley Homes, and Katie Higgins, owner of Blue Best Heating and Air, to learn all about the house that she built, a home construction project recently completed and sold in Saratoga Springs, Utah. The Utah chapter of the NAHB, Professional Women in Building, began work last year to design and build a home that was showcased in the 2021 Utah Valley Parade of Homes. The goal for this home was to highlight and utilize women professionals, skilled tradeswomen, women-owned companies for all the stages of the project. The proceeds from the sale of the home will be divided among scholarships, women-run charities, and future home projects like the house that she built. The home is a 3,200-square-foot, two-story home with an eclectic farmhouse style. Additionally, the home also includes many high-performance details, including a HERS score of 59. Listen in as we share the story of this project and its impact on the local community and future generations of women in building. In addition to hearing about the impact this project has had on younger girls, we learn a children's book has been written to share the story more broadly. You'll find links to that book in the show notes. You'll also find links to learn more about the projects in links in the show notes. And you can also find contact information for both Katie and Natalie, again, in the show notes. Let's listen in as Natalie and Katie describe what has gone on in the house that she built. First, I'll invite Katie to introduce herself. Hi, my name is Katie Higgins. I am the co-owner of Blue Best Heating and Air here in Utah. I've been working in heating and air for 20 years in Utah specifically. I hold all of our licenses here in regards to general contracting, all the heating, EPA license, all come from my license. So I am hoping to encourage more women to join the heating and air conditioning trade. Very good. And Natalie, please introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Natalie Miles. I work for Wardley Development as a designer and a project manager. I am also part of the leadership team for the house that she built in the Utah chapter of Professional Women in Building, known as PWB. Professional Women in Building. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? That's part of NAHB, you said? Yes. So PWB, Professional Women Building, is an organization within NAHB. So it's a national organization. We are a local council of the PWB. We are the Utah PWB. And so what it is, the purpose behind PWB is to network with other women that are in the construction and building industries. We are a small percentage of what makes up the construction force. We're largely unseen. And so an organization was forum to recognize each other and provide a network for women that are in the industry. Very good. So the house that she built is actually a house that we'll be talking about today. It is a real house. Yeah. It is a real house. 
So how about some description of maybe Natalie of the best scope on this, the description of the location, the size, sort of the general amenities of the house? Yeah, so the home is built in Saratoga Springs, Utah. It's a 3,200-square-foot home. It's, it has a main level and upstairs, a finished basement. It's a very beautiful home. We built this home as a project within our local Utah PWB. We wanted to have a platform where we could showcase different women in Utah in the industries and support their businesses and what they do. But at the same time, we wanted to be able to use this project to inspire younger generations to go into the trades. And also, we wanted to create a scholarship fund. And so we took on this insane project as a nonprofit (laughs) kind of thing. We came up with the idea about two and a half years ago. And sitting in a round table discussion, thinking like, what can we do? What are we going to do? What's our vision for the Utah chapter of PWB? And somebody threw out the idea about, you guys should just build a house all by females. And everybody kind of looked at each other and was like, huh, well, we know these general contractors are females. I know this person or this person. I'm like, yeah, I think we can do that. And it was thrown back at us like, case can't do that. <laughs> and we're like, really? Watch us. And so that challenge was put out before us and we just took it by the horns and went with it. We decided to set it up as a nonprofit because we did want to start a scholarship fund with the proceeds from the sale of this house. We wanted to provide a way for women to be able to pursue careers in construction. And so we've set out prior to even breaking ground, looking for manufacturers and suppliers that would want to donate materials. We set out looking for women that would volunteer or come help out on this project. And so there was a lot of work that went into this before we even broke ground. The crazy thing that happened is that we did this in the middle of a pandemic. (laughs) We came to a point where we were checking in on people that committed to supplying donations material. All of a sudden, they're like, well, we don't know what's going on. We don't have funds anymore for this. We're not going to be able to commit to your project anymore. So we had a lot of up and down, up and downs. And some days just I would get a phone call out of the blue and be like, hey, this is so-and-so from so-and-so company. We want to donate all this to your home. We heard what you guys are doing. That's pretty incredible. And we had so many of those instances that came together that we were able to build this house almost completely on donations. And almost every female that came to this house volunteered their time to be here. And so we were able to do something quite remarkable from the time that we broke ground to the time that we completed the home was approximately about eight months, eight and a half months. We did that all on donated material and volunteers. And the biggest thing, the first time it's been done by all females, which is pretty remarkable. That is very remarkable. And the house, I understand it's sold. It has sold? It's sold. Yes. It just sold. We've closed on it. Yeah. We're all done with it. Great. Katie, when did you get involved with the project? I assume to do the HVAC in the project? Yeah, it was pretty interesting. I was getting my hair done, getting ready for like a TV interview. And the gal next to me was like, what do you do? And I was telling her what a ductless split was. Anyway, that was the end of the conversation. A couple weeks later, I got a message on Instagram that said, hey, I met somebody that said that you do heating and air or own a heating and air company, would you be interested in this project? And I'm all, I didn't know if it was spam or what. I just responded, yeah, sure. 
Anyway, and I think that put me in touch with Natalie. It turns out it was the lady that was sitting next to me at the hair place. Craziest thing. She had ran into, I think, Natalie or your partner somewhere tumbling with their kids and was like, they said, we're stuck on heating and air. And she's like, wait, I just met somebody that owns a heating and air company. It's a girl. So we were super happy to be able to donate our time. And it was pretty awesome. So what's the demographic of your team? Can you share us the HVAC team? Yeah, we're about 50-50. We're the only women-owned and women-ran heating and air company in Utah. And definitely looking for more equal opportunity, I guess you'd say. I would love more women to join our team or trust us enough. Our industry, I believe that the statistics are only 2% of all heating and air conditioning employees are female. So we're pretty lucky to have 50-50. So. We were able to send a couple of girls out to wire in the air conditioners, charge a system up, run a gas line. So it was awesome. Nice. Going back to Natalie, how about the coverage? Has it been mostly local or has there been any national or regional coverage of the house? Yeah, what we did here in Utah really caught on fire. We had so much support nationally on this. We had locally, all of our local news agencies were involved. We've been on news channels. We've been in the newspapers. We've been in magazines. And nationally, we've had a lot of support on this too, where nationwide, everybody was like, whoa, look what these girls are doing out in Utah. This is pretty impressive. And we've had a lot of people reach out to us of how they can do it in their area, which ultimately is what we would love to do. Like, How great would that be for every state, every area to have a house that she built and have this platform where they can showcase to younger generations and to their communities about what women are capable of doing and also to be able to create scholarship funds in their own communities also. I think that would be a huge step. That would be a huge thing to get more women into our fields. That's what we like to do. We've actually, we've been talking to, through NAHB, there's a Home Builders Institute, and they're very interested in teaming up with us and doing some future things with them as well. So we've been really fortunate to be able to have the reach that we've had with this project. So I'm sure I could probably find the publicity links easily, which I'll put in the description of the podcast. But how about, say, a builder is listening and would like to get involved in their area? What's the best way to pursue this? Oh, that's a good question. I think the best way to pursue something like this is to get involved with your local home builders associations. And I think almost every state, almost larger area has a PWB cancel in that. I think that if somebody wants to do something like that, that's a great way to be involved because that's already community that's already built in where you already have contacts and resources to be able to network with people to make something on this scale happen. I think it needs to be a collaborative effort with multiple people with different knowledge and different connections to be able to do something like this. I saw something pretty cool at release in regards to the house that she built. And it looks like it was a children's book. Is that right, Ooh. Natalie? Yeah. Look at this. I know this isn't going to. So cool. People listening can't, can't see it. Where can you get that book? The house that she built book is available on Amazon and on target.com right now. What happened is we had a marketer. Her name is Molly Elkman. She lives in Philadelphia area. What she does, she specializes in marketing to for contractors. We got in contact with her about helping us market the house that she built. And she was very instrumental of branding us and helping us design our logo and all those kind of things. And she's always had this lifelong dream of writing a children's book. And she was so inspired by what we were doing that she wrote a children's book. And it's called The House That She Built. 
And what it does, it goes through the book and it shows all the different stages of building a home and a woman performing that job and explaining what it is. And what our goal is with this is to get this in school libraries, classroom libraries, showrooms for builders across the nation. Because if you think about it, what is there that shows a young child careers that she's able to participate when she grows up? There's not anything that has to do with a girl being an excavator or a plumber or an HVAC technician or anything. And it really starts at a young age. We've been stuck in this whole dynamic of what women do and what men do and what our jobs are. When we buy toys for our children at a young age, the things that we're buying for our little girls are dolls, cash registers, maybe a doctor's kit. Boys, they're getting dump trucks, tools, action figures. And so we start at a young age, we're being shown the way of what our course is, what our interests should be. And so the whole concept behind the house that she built and the house that she built book is let's start at a very young age of showing young girls other opportunities for them. And so we love that Molly wrote this book, The House That She Built. We've had several opportunities where we've been able to share this book at different libraries. This last week, another girl from The House That She Built and me, myself, we went to a Girl Scout troop and we talked to them about the house that she built. We read them this book about all the different jobs that women can do. And then we helped them build birdhouses. And we got such positive feedback from that experience. And just girls stopped talking about how neat that was and how they thought it would be cool to build homes when they grow up. And that's ultimately the whole purpose of what we're doing here. That's the whole purpose is to open girls' eyes and be like, you can do anything you want. Just because you only see boys do that job, that doesn't mean that you can't do it. The reason I brought it up is my granddaughter, she'll be turning two here shortly. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to get her that book. So I saw it on social media. You guys do a great job. I'm all, I appreciate it so much. So yeah. I just wrote down a list of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven women I'm going to talk to about that book. <laughs> yeah, cool. there you go. In combination with the actual project, but like you talk about, you've approached it from a whole different angle, feeding the next generations into the industry. And giving them a perspective that these things can happen. And I will say the day that I went out and met Natalie, there was a lot of construction going on in the area. The houses weren't labeled super clearly, but it was very clear to me which house was what. Like all the women were on one house. Tell me, tell it me. was okay. so cool. Like I couldn't find a place to park. I'm like, I don't know where to go. How do I find the house? And then there's like all these women. There were some women on scaffolding. And then I went in the house and I think Natalie was showing somebody how to set brick. Do you know what I'm talking about, Natalie? Yep, I was. <laughs> and I don't think it was a professional art person per se, but Natalie was like, oh, they volunteer their time. So I'm happy to show them how. And it was awesome. It was so cool to see. I'm like, oh, I wish I had more talents. I can fix your furnace. That's about it. I cannot lay brick <laughs> <laughs> or do stucco. Were there any surprises, Katie, from your perspective in this? Yeah. Project? I was like, there's no way that there's enough women in Utah to do this because Utah is a very interesting state, I'll just say. Even though I work in heating and air conditioning and I own a company, I was like, there's no way they have women out there. And they did. And it was pretty awesome. And women just wanting to volunteer their time and just to be a part, I was like, it was pretty amazing. So A real testament, Natalie, to the communications effort, obviously, to muster the crew to do this. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> 
we had a lot of local support, but we actually brought in quite a few women from out of state. There were quite a few things that we could not find locally to do here. Our plumber that did our rough plumbing, she came from Pennsylvania. She's, have you met Kelly Ireland? No, but sounds familiar. Her social is tiny plumber girl. She's just this short, little spunky thing. She's a very neat person and very talented. So she came out and she brought another lady with her to do the rough plumbing. And that was a really good experience to have her come out. We could not find a single female to do drywall. We could find female crews that do the mud and taping part of it, but not any women that hang it. And we actually found twin sisters in Bozeman, Montana, and they took over their dad's drywall business. And they came out with their crew and they spent a few days here and they hung all of our drywall. And they're known on social media as those drywall chicks. So they came out. Our tile ladies, they came from Oregon and Washington to come work on the house. And they stayed for two weeks and did all the tile in the home. And then we had a team from all across the United States that came out and did the finished carpentry. And that was a really fun week when everybody came out to do the finished carpentry. One of the cool things is one of the girls that came out to work on the finished carpentry, she's from Indiana and she's a school teacher. And on the side, she likes to do carpentry. She does custom closets. She does custom signs and she's very talented at what she does. But by profession, she's a school teacher. Well, she came out and spent a week. We have this beautiful entry bench with the, it's kind of a mudroom thing. It's a bench and shelves, shiplap and a very pretty piece. And that was her project. And she worked on that. When she went back home, she actually decided she was really inspired by what we were doing with the house that she built and females just putting ourselves out there and being like, yeah, we, this, we like doing this. We like working in construction. And she's actually quit her job as a teacher and she is working as a carpenter full-time now. Wow. Yeah. Life-changing. Very life-changing. Yeah. <laughs> so Natalie, what was the her score on this home? Our her score was 59. So how about a couple of big takeaways? Katie, I'll give you a chance to answer this first. How did it change what you do or what you will do? I appreciate that question. I think even in my own mind, I had an opinion about, oh, women will or won't do certain jobs, even though I own a heating and air conditioning company, which is way out of the norm. <laughs> and so it was super exciting to me to see that Natalie and all these other women were doing what I would consider male-dominated industry jobs and then making it possible for younger children. Like with the children's book, I'm like, this is awesome. It's the first thing I thought I wanted to buy for my granddaughter. It's okay that grandma sells furnaces because people ask all the time, what do you do? I'm like, uh, I sell furnaces. And everything. I described that. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm really hoping that like with the house that she built and maybe with heating and air conditioning, that there's more opportunities for women or young, the younger generation to be interested in the trades. I hear a lot of that in just different places and conversations all over the trades versus more formal education and the benefits to going that direction. The best lesson that I learned in my life was be prepared to take care of your kids. And I was not at a young age. And my life's ambition was not to sell or work on furnaces and air conditioners. However, I was able to provide a wonderful upbringing for my kids all the way through. So uh, never in a million years did I think 20 years later, I would still work in heating and air conditioning and then open my own company. But I'm very thankful and I believe that it will provide for my grandkids and their kids to come. 
let's talk just a little bit about your company because that's fairly newly founded. Is that correct? Yep, you bet. Blue Best Heating and Air as a women-owned, women-ran heating and air company here in Utah. I went and got my contractor's license a couple of years ago. And right when we were getting ready to launch, COVID hit. And I was like, no way, I'm out. Too scary. But then it became just very clear that we needed to do this. I just really felt like customer service was being lost a little bit. And I felt like we could add that back. And I'm hoping to always keep the personal touch. So our office is in Bountiful, Utah, but we serve everywhere in the Wasatch Front. We've got a 24-hour service. And the people that I've hired are the people that I knew from the past 20 years, the best people in the industry. They always told me, hey, if you ever go, I want to come. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. They all came. And so we have this amazing, incredible team. And everybody's like the best in their department in the industry. So it's kind of awesome, actually. That is very cool. Natalie, can you give us a couple of surprises that came up in this whole project for you from start to where you sit right now? Yeah, there's quite a few. Number one, I never thought that I would find the community that I needed. I didn't know it was out there. For years, I've very rarely seen any other females on the job sites and just always been this lone wolf. I felt like I was different from other interior designers because I wasn't the one in the pretty clothes and the pretty shoes and going in and decorating people's homes and ordering curtains and things like that. And so I would go to events for designers, but I just felt out of place because that wasn't quite what I was doing. But I was still a designer because I'm still making selections for a home and making home beautiful and picking out your tile, your light fixtures, your plumbing, but also seeing that through and walking through a job site and talking to the plumbers and the tile guys and telling them how it's all supposed to go and everything. And so I've always felt like I was on the outside because I didn't quite fit in with the guys and the old, the good old boys club. And, but I didn't really fit with the girls on the pretty side too. So I just always felt kind of alone. And through this process of joining PWB and building this home and finding this community of women, that's really the biggest takeaway for me. That's something that I didn't know I needed so bad, but now they're like, these women are family to me. And that's absolutely my biggest takeaway from this. A couple of surprises from this. One of the cool things was actually has to do with our HVAC. We struggled trying to find anybody to do our HVAC for this home. I had not met Kitty at this point and wasn't aware of her and her company. And my background is actually HVAC. That's what my dad and my brothers and my family all does. One of my first jobs in high school was installing HVAC with my dad and my brother. So I'm familiar with it. It's not what I do, but I'm familiar with it. So I was like, do it. Worst case scenario, I will call up my dad and him and I will do it if we can't find any females to do it. Well, we heard of a woman, her name is Mariah. We heard of her and we knew she worked for this company. We were trying to get in touch with her. We kept calling this company and I was always like, oh, I'll talk to her and I'll get back to you. Oh, what are the details? Let me think about that. And it was just, we weren't ever allowed to have her contact or to talk to her. It was always for somebody else. We were getting kind of desperate. I was like, I guess I'm selling HVAC with my dad. We'd really like to find a woman that this is what her job is. It's the point of what we're doing. And out of the blue, Mariah called one of the other women's on our council and said, hey, I heard about this project you're doing. I saw on the social media. I really wanted to be involved. And after talking to them, we're like, we've been trying to get a hold of you. Where have you been? Wow. <laughs> you know. And she said, I feel like I've grown as much as I can with this company if I want to be a part of this, I want to work on this project. If it means that I lose my job, then I lose my job because I feel like this is an important thing to be a part of. And so she came and worked with us 
and I actually was her assistant for the rough part of the HVAC. Mariah and I did the HVAC on it. And talking to her, she talked about how she was frustrated because she felt like she wasn't treated the same being a female, where a lot of owners will send their employees to go get for their certifications or training so they can perform different tasks and be able to make more money. She said that she was never sent to go receive any of the further trainings. And she was really frustrated because new people would come to the company that were there for less than she was. And they would be able to go to those trainings and get those certifications. So she's like, I'm just done. That's why I'm here. Because if I get fired, I get fired. I go find somewhere else to work. And with her exposure, working on the house that she built and with her social media and talking about it, Mariah was offered multiple offers from several companies of being like, hey, is she looking for a job? We want her to come work for us. And she actually accepted another job after working on the house that she built and is in a better position and is actually able to grow now in her career. So that was a big surprise of being able to help somebody. We thought we were bringing women in here to promote them and show what they do. I didn't really see it as a way that we would be able to further somebody's career and provide better opportunities for them through that exposure. Help to get around a career impediment. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And really probably tell a true story that's repeated more often than we'd like to think. Exactly. The other thing that was really surprising is how much an impact that we would make on younger girls. We wanted to showcase this. We didn't really know what that was going to look like. We didn't know how that was going to be received. And there was this one day when I was doing some brick walls in there, and there was this little girl that was on site with her parent, and she was excited to be there. And I gave her some work gloves, a little utility knife, and she was really darling. And I went by her one time and said, hey, do you want to come and help me with my project upstairs? And her eyes got really big, and I was like, come on up. And she came up and I showed her what we were doing with the brick and I taught her how to put the mortar on the back of the brick and stick it on the wall, put some spacers on there. And she was having so much fun and she, we got her, let her do a few bricks and we let her sign her name on the wall. And just so she could see, it's like, okay, we're going to cover this up with brick, but your name is here and you're always going to be part of this because you helped us build this house. So now you're one that she's in the house that she built. And she was so excited. We took lots of pictures and she went home. The next day, I was exchanging photos with her dad, and he says, can I thank you for what you did for Ellie? He says, she was so excited to be at the house and be around you woman, but when you took her upstairs and you showed her to how to do something and she got to work with you, she goes, that changed something inside of her. He goes, she's always wanted to be a dance teacher or yoga instructor when she grows up, but she cannot stop talking about when she grows up, she wants to build homes. That was one of those aha moments. And like, I just started crying and I was like, this is why we're doing this. And this is why it's important to show these girls what they can do because they don't see that. They don't know. They don't know that that's something they can do. That is the why. That is the why right there. And I will never forget little Ellie in that time putting the brick up on the wall with her because that is our why. I get that a lot as well. I get a lot of customers giving me a hug saying, thank you so much for doing this. I hung your picture up here because it's my business partner and I that are in most of the photos. And it's so like when I go to their house, sometimes it'll be on the fridge and they're just like, I just, I can't tell you how much this means. And I had no idea. So when I'm having a hard day, like I got to think about back those, those customers. Yeah. yeah. Well, tremendous. Well, I really enjoyed learning from you today about the house that she built. And I'm sure the listeners have too. And I'll be putting some links in the description so they can follow up. Would you be willing to offer your email addresses in case someone wanted to explore a certain part of this? Sure. Go ahead, Katie, first. 
It's khiggins at bluebest.com. So K-H-I-G-G-I-N-S at bluebest.com. And just to say two words, blue best. Mm-hmm. That's our website as well, bluebest.com. Got it. And Natalie. I can be reached at info at utahpwb.com. It's spelled out Utah, U-T-A-H. Yes. P-W-B.com. And that's professional women builders. Professional women in building. <laughs> in building. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Katie and Natalie, for joining us here today on Res Talk. We appreciate your insights and input and really enjoy hearing about the difference you're both making. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you for listening to this episode of Res Talk. If you're a pro in the building market, surf on over to resnet.us to learn more or join the email list. You can also find Resnet on Facebook or Twitter. The quote for today is by Cher. Women are the real architects of society. If you're interested in feeding back to Resnet on what you heard here or would like to hear a new topic covered or have just a general question, please send an email to info at resnet.us. If not subscribed or given a review on the show, please consider doing so. As always, thank you for listening to Res Talk. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Res Talk podcast. This podcast is hosted by Bill Spohn and is a production of ResNet, the Residential Energy Services Network. The best way to listen to this podcast is to subscribe on an iPhone using the podcast app or on an Android device by downloading the Stitcher app and searching for Res Talk. If you are willing, a review on iTunes of the podcast app will help others find the show and would be very much appreciated. We look forward to talking again soon on Res Talk. Thank you.